I'm Arielle. And I'm Ian, and we host Geek in the Streets. A podcast where we share knowledge with each other on different geek and nerd topics. Which for October will be all about your favorite spectacular subjects, starting now. Welcome to Geek in the Streets. I am Ian. And I'm Arielle. And this is a podcast for the geek and the nerd subjects you love as if you are part of the conversation. And this is our first Halloween spooktacular episode. We always switch it up in the month of October. Yep. Happy Halloween. It's spooky season, y'all. So I know you're like, it's only the first week of October. I don't care. All of... It's been spooky season in our house for two weeks already. At least. Maybe Yeah. Three. And we've changed the theme song just to let you know. Yes, so and that is not a glitch in your computer. So we're going to kick off our spooky month with Good Omens, uh, both the novel and the Amazon Prime series. So let's get right into it, Ian. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm first going to point out that this is a bit of a role reversal here because this is a Neil Gaiman thing that I have not read and you have. Yes, I read it a couple months ago. I am the expert here, not you. Yep. So the novel was actually, it's actually entitled Good Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter Witch. And it was released in 1990, which so was I. Uh, And it was written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Um, Neil Gaiman, as a lot of you know, we've talked about him quite a bit. We've talked about different pieces of work from him. Started out as a comic book writer, but also has written several novels and graphic novels. Yeah, he was kind of the new wave of British comic book writers in the 80s. Yeah, so basically Neil wanted to try his hand at writing a novel after he wrote a biography of Douglas Adams, who I believe is the writer of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So he sent off some samples to some different writer friends of his, including Terry Pratchett, and no one really wrote him back except for Terry. So it started as a parody of William the Antichrist by Rich Mall Crompton, but he changed it down the road to be what it is today. And Neil has estimated that Terry wrote about 60,000 raw words and he wrote 40,000 words and then they kind of combined them. But uh, basically Terry wrote a little bit more about the story of Adam and them, his friends, and some of the side stories. And then um, Neil started off writing more about like Aziraphale and um, Crowley and then they switched at the end, which is kind of an interesting writing style. So everybody wrote a little bit of everything for each character, which is kind of interesting. Um, So we'll talk about the plot. If you haven't read the novel or seen the TV show, spoilers ahead. So spoilers for Ian, who hasn't read the novel. No, I'm just kidding. But it basically, it's a very interesting concept. The story follows an angel named Aziraphale who is friends with a demon named Crowley or Crowley. Crowley, I think is how they say it. Those those Brits. Is it Crowley or Crowley? I in think the it's show? Crowley in the show, but it's it's spelled like Crowley. Yeah. But I think they say Crowley. They're British, so slightly mm-hmm. different accent. But basically, they, you know, have worked together since the beginning of time. Xerophil was the one who gave the flaming sword to Adam and Eve when they were leaving Eden, and Crowley was actually the snake that tempted them. So there are these two different sides of the fight of quote good versus evil but through the years they have kind of just accidentally befriended each other because they both secretly like 
Earth, and they like living on Earth, and they prefer Earth to their respective heaven and hell, and they like humans, and they like hanging out with humans. So they've just kind of accidentally become friends. I mean, that's probably what happens when you've known each other for millennia, right? And so they team up together to try to stop the apocalypse from happening. Basically, the the, the things have been put into motion to start the apocalypse or the end of the times, rapture, whatever you want to call it. But they're like, oh, no, we're kind of comfortable here on Earth, and we don't want to go back to heaven and hell, so we're going to try to stop that. Now, one thing I do have to add to this section is this book is based on Christian theology. See, you didn't mention that. Um, People could have been like, what's heaven? What's hell? Oh, sorry. Yeah, so based on Christian theology uh, of heaven and hell, angels and demons, God and Satan, all that stuff. I'm really Um, reaching for straws. It doesn't really get much into into it, into it. And there is also uh, aspects of different religions like um, witchcraft and stuff like that. So like more paganism, you know? So And and Neil uh, Gaiman, I almost said Adam, sorry, that's comic books. Neil Gaiman uh, does work multiple theologies into lots of his works, doesn't he? We see our talks on American gods and Norse mythology. (laughs) Podcast plug. Yep. So interesting fun fact. Terry did base the look for Crowley, like how he's described on a young Neil Gaiman, because he always wears like sunglasses inside and he has like a dark look with like dark leather clothes. And I guess Neil Gaiman's joke that he like, that's how he dressed when he was younger. (laughs) Yeah. When he was kind of the rock star comic book up and coming, he dressed the part. So another piece of the picture is that the Antichrist, aka the son of Satan or whatever you want to call him, is brought to earth, but there's a little mix up and he's not put the right family that he's supposed to go to, like a good, as they say, um, satanic family. Because that's a big like theme is there's the Christians, but then there's also like the Satanists and then there's like the pagans. So it's all the different religions kind of across the board. It's still Armageddon, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but he's brought to earth and he's accidentally placed with the wrong family and he's just goes to live with a normal British family, and he's named Adam Young. So that's kind of a big story, too, is the Antichrist, is he going to be evil, like nature versus nurture kind of thing. Um, There are also the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They're kind of shown a little different, you know, instead of, I think, so there's war, famine, pollution is one that they have that I think used to be like pestilence or something like that, and then death. You know, so they kind of changed because we don't have like as much pestilence now that we have like medications and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Although, well, 2020 onwards, I guess I can't say that as this much. This was written more. in 90, you know, yeah. cut them a break. And it also follows like one of the, the through themes, like I said, are the witch hunters versus the witches and this prophecy of Agnes Nutter, who was a witch during the like Salem witch trials, um, who who uh, predicted all these things that were going to happen like very randomly, but did predict kind of the actual end of the world and was right. So kind of a Nostradamus type character. Yeah. But she, but like no one believed her cause like her predictions were like, so like so real, but like also kind of like no one cares. It'd be like, okay. And today a yellow ball is going to fall from the sky and it'd be like, uh, you know, a, a lemon falls off a tree or something like that. So yeah. very just straightforward. So, so more like the uh, in what was her name? Um, Cassandra, the prophecy oh, teller mm-hmm. in where, Roman. Yeah, where she was kind of shunned. Yeah, yeah. shunned. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed her. She like had the power of prophecy, but yeah. her curse was no one believed her. And basically, like her prophecy really didn't get out. Like her, she had a bunch of books made, but they 
they didn't really distribute, but they've passed them down through her her family. So we are looking at one of her like great descendants as one of the main characters. So you haven't read it, so you no. don't have any thoughts and feelings on it. I have read it. I have thoughts and feelings on it. Oh, and not I'll on tell the you book, how. though. Yeah, yeah, I do. But how do you have thoughts and feelings on a book you didn't read? You'll see. Okay. Well, so I watched the show first, obviously, and spoiler alert, loved the show. I feel like no one talks about it enough. That's why I wanted to do a podcast on it. But absolutely loved the show. Love Neil Gaiman and his works. So I did saw, I did decide to read the novel. I actually had like my Libby app had it available or something on special. So I grabbed it. Um, I did not love it. It was a little bit hard for me to get through. I'm a very quick reader. It's not that long of a, a novel. And it took me a little while to get through it. I did not click with it as well as I did the show. Um, I just didn't love it. It's a little quippy and it's a little like they go on these huge tangents and then there's like these um, footnotes that like are just big rambling. And I think that's Terry Pratchett's style and, and some people that probably resonates really well with, but uh, it just didn't resonate with me. I prefer the show. I think if you're going to pick between the two, pick the show. I'll talk more about the show when we get there and how great I think the casting was. And maybe I was a little biased because I had that first. So like I was already picturing, you know, the actors in my head, but I did prefer the show to the book, which is weird for me to say. So I'll tell you how I have an opinion. Uh, I had listened to another co- podcast called Super... What have we Super... said about plugging podcasts? Well, this podcast this is podcast. now defunct. Okay, It doesn't exist okay. anymore. It's called Super Context. And they did an episode on this, and they were talking about the word twee. And twee, if, for those you of you that don't that know... You kept saying that when I was reading it, and I didn't you were know. reading it yeah. because I heard it on this. It's kind of that like hipster, cute, cool, um, I would it's almost say... It's a really say, good uh, description of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like the... Uh, it's on the same spectrum as like camp. And those are the kinds of things I don't really like, and I know you don't like all that much either. Yeah. There's a place for it, and like in the show, it works really well. But I could see that when you would tell me how you were not connecting with the book, you were describing all the twee elements. And I do think, because you've read Neil Gaiman multiple times, um, that the Terry Pratchett stuff, the twee element uh, comes from him. And that's what you didn't enjoy. Which we should mention, he has now passed, so nothing against him. I'm not saying bad things. I just think his style is not my style. Yeah, and that's fine. I do think it is one of the fun things about it is it's about the end of the world, but it's not dark and heavy. It's like funny and it's like kind of lighthearted and kind of a little more slapstick about it. But I think it comes across better in the show than it does in the book, if that makes sense. I also think that element of like the opposites attract, like literal yes. opposites. You have an angel and you have a demon. And yes. by all rights, they should be engaged. One's dressed in, in all white, one's dressed yeah. in all black. They should know? be at cosmic war with each other. Yeah. But even in someone that's totally different from you, you can find attractive qualities over the years and come to an understanding. And that's what happens with these two characters. And that's what makes it so good. Yeah. And really the best part of the novels are the relationships that you see, but more specifically the relationship between Aziraphale and Crowley. Uh, they're just, it's so fun to watch them go back and forth. The Adam stuff in the book doesn't really come across as well for me. Uh, and they kind of didn't do as much with that in the show too. So I think that's why it worked a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, because Adam, you know, he's supposed to be the antichrist, but he's just like basically just a kid. And he kind of starts to come into these powers almost. And then 
you know, it's just it it doesn't it didn't click as well for me in the book because it it's harp it's way more of that than the Aziraphale and the Crowley. So I think it was a good choice for the screen to kind of focus more on Aziraphale, Aziraphale and Crowley. Well, speaking of the screen, why don't we take a quick break and come back and talk about our thoughts and feelings on the TV series? Sounds great. The Geek in the Streets podcast is supported by the Geek in the Streets podcast. And listeners like you. Well, not yet. And we are back to talk about the Amazon Plus series, which Ariel only has thoughts and feelings for, no notes. You know, I wrote Amazon Plus in there. It's actually called Amazon Prime. Oh, I shouldn't read off your notes. I was like, was the it Amazon time Plus back my then? Notes. Disney Plus? Uh, it's called Amazon Prime. So, yeah. You know, Amazon Plus is for like the elite members. I'm you not know? editing this out. No, it's, it's staying. Okay. So there was a six episode series released in 2019, which feels like worlds and worlds ago, mm-hmm. um, directed by Douglas McKinnon. And the plot is pretty similar. Um, what's interesting is that According to Neil Gaiman, one of Terry Pratchett's last requests before he died in 2015 was for him to adapt the book to screen. And he kept trying, and someone named Terry Gillian uh, also kept trying for years and years. At one point, there was um, a series or maybe a movie in the works, and Robin Williams was signed up as a Xerophil and Johnny Depp as Crawley, which when we talk about actual casting, I have things to say about that. But okay. I could see Johnny Depp working because it's like, but no one works as well as who they picked. Let me just say that. Um, but so they finally got it made by Amazon Prime, not Plus, and it was released in 2019, and the cast is as follows. So for Crowley, we have David Tennant. I'm going to stop real quick. Yes, and let's say, stop at each one and say what we Just think. amazing casting. I mean, reading him, and maybe, like I said, maybe I was a little jaded because I was reading, I, I saw this show first, but just amazing like, I don't think they could have picked a better actor. I love David Tennant, and I actually think this is my favorite role for him. I was just going to say... Um, you know, the early things I had seen with David Tennant, everybody would always say how amazing he was. And I kind of don't never count the Harry Potter. It's like yes. such a waste of his talent. Yep. But continue. Harry Potter did not work for me with him. And um, then I was like, oh, you know what? As Purple Man and Jessica Jones, He's he good. was he was good. Yeah. And then this to me, from what I've seen, is like the magnum opus because he gets to be eccentric. Yeah. I he guess gets... we should say we've never seen Doctor Who, though. So That's before true. people are yelling at us, we have not. Right. But like for uh, a normal, I guess, American listener a normal american listener who hasn't seen doctor who because many of us have not yeah uh, it's not played not that on we don't want TV. to I not that interested. we don't want to i now just don't I feel know like where to start on we're doctor getting too who. defensive okay, here sorry, let's just sorry. move ahead okay, yeah. but i just think his crowley was absolutely amazing crowley yeah. crowley however you say it i think it's crowley my favorite role i've seen him yeah in as well. he was just fantastic i mean and he just nails it I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan, but for me, this role is for, for yeah. David Johnny Tennant. Depp would have been a little quirkier, so mm-hmm. maybe they're going to stick a little closer to he the have done subject it. material. Yeah, he could have done it, but uh, I think David Tennant is the man. He to just choose. nailed it. And yeah. then for Azarafil, we have Michael Sheen, who also I think is absolutely perfect casting. Actually, like even more so when I was reading it in my head, I could just hear his voice and like see his mannerisms. He does the very does like a little prim and popper. They call him like. And I don't, this is a British term, so I don't know if it's offensive, so I apologize. But, you know, kind of dandy. Um, I don't know if that's a. I don't think it is. I'm sorry if it is. I, I'm, I don't know. But I don't think it is. I think it just means, like, if we were to call someone, like, metrosexual, right? Same kind of thing? Well, or like, I think a dandy is someone who has too much time on their hands, and uh, so they fill it with 
um, hobbies or something yeah. like that. You know, I don't know. That could there could be that could be a dilettante though. I, I don't think Oof. that's right because I think it's more like based on like how you keep yourself up. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so they kind of like prim and proper, like you know, very pristine. Um, into fine art and high music and you know um high quality like brandy so yeah well i just looked up the definition of dandy i don't think we have to be scared because according to the internet it says a man unduly devoted to style neatness and fashion in dress so and metrosexual appearance is close too well i think dandy's an even you know safer word to use oh is metrosexual not Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be offensive. No, no, I don't think we are. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now I'm all like, ah. Um, okay, so anyways, perfect choicing in my mind, mm-hmm. which is funny because I really know him from the Twilight uh, saga. You what? know him from Underworld, Underworld which I did man. watch Underworld since He's a then. werewolf. Yeah, uh, but he's great. He's great as Aziraphale, and they're great against each other. They have just fantastic chemistry between those two actors. That's what it really comes mm-hmm. down to. As much as I love David Tennant in this role, as much as I love Michael Sheen in this role, I don't feel like I gave him enough props. I think he's absolutely awesome in this role. Perfect. But them together, you get that synergy of when those two guys are on screen, you don't want to watch anything else. Yeah, you like, don't even want to watch a Marvel movie because yeah. these two guys are so good together. They wouldn't even have to be like in costume. You could just put them together. And they just I just think they have phenomenal chemistry. The so, chemistry. Then we also have Francis McDormand as God slash the narrator, which God's not really in the yeah. novel, so that was like a little change. John Ham at John Ham as Gabriel, he's also not really in the novel, but I always like John Ham, uh, and he's a fun choice for Gabriel. And then you have Adria Arjuma as Anathema Device. She is the descendant of Agnes Nutter, who the book is named after. Uh, Jack Whitehall as Newton Pulsifer. He's kind of the witch hunter of the series. And then there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot of people in the show. So um, I think the casting is phenomenal. I don't know that I said that enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great, great casting, great chemistry. Everyone really pulls their weight. The plot is pretty similar, but like I said, it's a little more focused on Aziraphale and Crowley, which I do think was the best choice. Um, Absolutely. It's more uh, captivating. It kind of pulls you in a little closer. As an adult, it is obviously easier to um, identify with other adults, right? But besides children, I know I always talk about Harry Potter, but I started Harry Potter as a a kid. Uh, But I think it just plays out a little bit better. Um, I do like the choices that they made for uh, the four horsemen. All of them are pretty darn great as well. Um, I really don't have complaints about any of the casting. I thought everyone did a really good job. Yeah, the casting was very fun. It Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, even something as John Hamm as Gabriel, you know, like there was an element of fun to the fact that this, you know, chiseled man is kind of the um, almost corporate shiner on, talk down to you and be like, hey, Armageddon's moving forward, you know? I'll tell you, heaven is not quite as much in it. Really, neither is, like, you do see quite a few demons, but there's really not as much heaven-y stuff uh, as they do in the in the show, but I do think it kind of helps balance it out when you're like stretching it into a series, you know? Okay. Yeah. But it does follow the plot pretty similar. I actually, like I said, I do think it is a little bit better than the, than the novel. I think it just comes across better, but what are your thoughts and feelings on it? 
Um, well, I think it's better than the novel because I haven't read it. <laughs> um, no, I thought the show was really good. You know, the style of storytelling that they do, it's not 100% serious, but it's not full-blown comedy mm-hmm. either. It kind of straddles that line similar to something like Umbrella Academy where um, there's a lot of high-octane energy and yeah. fun. Like I think of those scenes where the flaming car, you yeah. know, that Aziraphale is driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like that. Um, which are kind of goofy, but at yeah. the same time, the stakes are very high and we're talking about Armageddon, but the core of it is all about this friendship between these two polar opposites. So, uh, it's like I said, there's that element of almost, I, I dare say camp to it because everybody knows I don't like campiness, but in this aspect, it works phenomenally well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that comes across are the like different relationships, the different personalities, how they uh, interact and that thought of good and evil, because at the core, and this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but at the core, the reason Aziraphale and Crowley get along so well, besides just have knowing each other so long is, you know, they, when you think about good versus evil, everyone puts it in like, you know, there's no gray zone. It's there's the it's black and white, so to speak. But it's heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Yeah. And heaven is like this is all the good stuff. Hell is like this is all the bad stuff. Uh, but because Crowley and Aziraphale have been around each other for so long, they kind of start to get in that gray zone. And Crowley does some really good things, and Aziraphale like steals some things and does some things that would be frowned upon. You know, so. They kind of start to meet each other in the middle, and it's just interesting to see that give and take. And it's funny to watch like Aziraphale do something bad or Crowley do something good, and they're like, you know, because it's against their quote unquote natures as an angel and a demon. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a commentary sometimes on um, Western monotheistic theology where it's saying, oh, there's things that are wholly good or wholly bad, but when we know in humanity that there's a lot of gray, like mm-hmm. you were saying, so there could be this idea of an evil entity who goes, you know, hey, I like Earth, you yeah. know? So he's going to act in humans' best interests, which would we would see as good and altruistic, because he likes this aspect of the cosmos. And then on the flip side, you have angels who are supposed to be the deliverers of human humankind. And they, uh, they're callous, and they're saying, hey, we want to restart the universe. And it's like, but you'll kill billions to do it. And it's like, well, the big man's got a plan, so we got to execute it. Yeah. So that kind of stuff to say, even if things are seen as good or seen as bad, there's uh, some context that's involved for every decision that's made. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that they both like humans as much because they're not as like set in stone and they're ever changing. That's one of the things that they say they prefer about humans. You get the sense that it's like they're playing on this cosmic chessboard, but at the same time, they would rather get together and go grab a beer together. Yeah, well, or not a, they're not Zierfell beer. wouldn't have it. They're more like wine, wine or like yeah. whiskey or scotch. That's or what something I was going to say. But the finer things humans <laughs> yeah. have to offer, they'd be like. Yeah, we could, you know, restart the universe or we could hang out, Yeah, you know, and I love that aspect. Yeah, or they want to like sit by the park and, you know, but one of the reasons I want to do the podcast is because when we watched the show, I was in love with it. I loved the show. We watched it around the same time we watched Umbrella Academy, one of the seasons. So it's funny that you said that, but I don't feel like I ever hear anyone talk about this show. And I don't feel like whenever I ask someone, have you seen Good Omens, that they've ever seen it. So I wanted to spread awareness. That's why we're not really giving overt spoilers. But I I wanted to uh, spread some awareness because if you have not seen this show, you 100% should if you, if you have access to Amazon. 
I'm actually going to go one step further and call out our friends who listen to this podcast. We always get asked, what shows are you watching? What should I watch? And we always bring up Good Omens. And no one has ever reported back to me that, oh, I watched Good Omens. Like, I think my brother's seen it. I think Jason's seen it. But I I really can't think of many other people I've talked to who have actually seen the show. I was trying to get Lauren to watch it. It's just such a good show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Fine. Jason's off the hook. But I think Sean's still on it. I think Sean's still on the hook. All right. So, Uh, so watch the show. It's so much fun. Yeah, I, I really can't say enough good things about it. I know we've been super negative in the past couple seasons. <laughs> We're in so, Halloween season, yeah, baby. Everything's great in Halloween and everything's perfect and you should watch Good Omens. It is a great show. You're going to laugh. You're going to feel feelings. You're going to be like, am I attracted to David Tennant now? Because before I thought he looked weird, but now I'm kind of into him. Or yeah, maybe totally, that's just my too. own experience. <laughs> um, but you're going to like it. It's really good. So. Yeah. Also, a little bit more of a temptation is season two. We are getting a season two. I hadn't heard if we were, but I I have heard that we are getting a season two. We don't know when it's going to be released, but they did wrap filming as of March 1st of this year, 2022. So we are getting a second season. I'm super stoked for that. Yeah, I am too. I can't wait. I have no idea what it's going to be about. No idea where they're going to go. I mean... I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go. Well, hopefully they do the they they come off the book material, but keep well, I mean, it they true. Have to. Yeah, keep it true <laughs> to the vibe of what yeah. the series presented in season one. And uh, you know, I don't want to disparage Game of Thrones, but some people uh, don't enjoy where that went. Yeah. Hopefully they they they're more Game of Thrones season six than season. Yeah, I'm eight. curious if they like consulted with Neil Gaiman about it since there's no more source material. I'm I sure think, they did. I think Neil Gaiman is doing a lot of consulting these days. If yeah. you look at shows that are coming out, whether it's American Gods, Good Omens, Sandman, you know, the man is uh, finally getting his due. Good for him. He deserves it. We yeah. love you, Neil Gaiman. You're a great author. All right. So is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? I want to just leave them with a little stinger that I say, you know, to get you interested. Heaven. Hell. Friendship? Watch the show. The Geek in the Streets podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Find us. Now.